This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, steady Nasdaq growth as DB1 and Euroclear make great leaps forward thanks to interest income growth, CME pauses with 3% layoffs, and Exchange Invest finds the Barbie effect. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 2. Hundred and four. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details from our brand new upgraded website at exchangeinvest.com. At the top of the show, we mentioned the Barbie effect, a.k.a. how Exchange Invest's ace research team donned pink lab coats to discover a 200 basis point pickup. Yes, indeed. Barbie already exerts considerable leverage on parent company Mattel. Her portfolio accounted for some 20% of the company's profits, even before the firm moved into the moving business. Over $377 million worldwide later, and that was just after the first fabulous weekend in cinemas, Barbie is in the pink in every sense. So looking at the movie, we were pondering the alpha female question, does Barbie in her movie guise add value to Mattel stock? We identified some 38 key points in the Barbie production development, going back all the way to the announcement of Barbie's move, Full Tinsel Town, way back in 2009, and then through the roster of director and Hollywood stars being added to the movie, commercial partnerships, trailer releases, etc., etc., Our ace researchers burnt the midnight oil to wrap their project last Friday, even before the incredible first weekend of general release demonstrated that Oppenheimer thought it had the nuclear bomb thing all wrapped up, but couldn't keep up with the simply quantum explosion of Barbie power. So it's not nuclear mega, but there's a clear impact for the investor here. Over 38 iterations, Barbie movie announcements inspired 22 updates for Mattel stock and 16 down days. By comparison, on the same days, the S&P 500 managed 18 days up and 20 days down. The end results aren't seismic, but we are looking at 38 days, not even two months in the aggregate of stock trading, and Barbie the Movie gives us a 3.83% return, when the S&P 500 over the same days managed 1.77. That's quite an edge for 38 sessions, over 200 basis points of additional return, or more than double the US benchmark index over the same period. A few more calls, I think, following on from our other social media during the course of the last week, where we've been noting that we're long overdue new dolls in the classic series. Where, ladies and gentlemen, is Barbie investor, Barbie hedge fund manager, and similar financial achievers amongst the Barbie doll portfolio? 
Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com, with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or, if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome, wherever you find this podcast. Over in Bit Carnage, well, we termed it pregnant pauses at one stage last week. The pullback from any new new thing looks the same at all times. A pause. Hence, Nasdaq pulling back here, putting a pause on the launch of their crypto custody plans, reflects commercial savvy on their part, but is bad news for crypto per se, because while, okay, Larry Fink and a few other high-profile folks love the fees they can charge and the roles they can foresee while hoping to cross-sell millennials into legacy investments as well as Bitcoin ETF ETCs, the simple truth is financial institutions see crypto and even, to a large extent, digital assets of any kind as a wild west frontier too far for their activity right now. When you go Google how many folks have been arrested from the crypto v1.0 era, I can't say I blame them either. If you enjoyed this excerpt, you may be interested to know that you can read BitCarnage every day within Exchange Invest, available via exchangeinvest.com. Alternatively, if you want to follow BitCarnage, the daily update on happenings in the world of crypto and digital assets, then you can find BitCarnage as a standalone on Substack. In the world of legacy bourses this week, the CME Group and DTCC, they're increasing cross-margining opportunities for the Treasury markets. More cross-margin, improving cross-collateralization is, of course, music to every counterparty's ears. Same time, competition's coming to Korea. Next Trade has been given preliminary FSC approval for an ATS owned by a coalition of major brokerage houses, ICT firms, and the Korea Financial Investment Association, KFIA, a finance think tank. Over in Spain, they're cracking down on CFDs, more restrictive measures from the regulator there, the CNMV. And then, of course, there's that rather seismic news that the CME Group's looking to lay off circa 100 people. That's about 3% of its total workforce reallocating positions and joining Wall Street banks in cutting jobs. In results this week, it was a busy week for results in the parish. All the details were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. Deutsche Börse led the way. They posted significant earnings growth in the first half of the year, net revenue increasing by 20% in Q2 2023, largely driven by strong net interest income from the banking business. They're expecting to exceed their guidance for 2023, and equally, Euroclear had a very strong start to the year. The yield curve rises, ladies and gentlemen. This is definitely a case where haircuts are back and powering clearing profits. One of the major set of results amongst oh, half a dozen or more that we saw last week, Nasdaq not so exciting, but a decent 4% uptick at Nasdaq after a busy quarter, including that transformational Adenza deal, which the investors are slowly getting their heads around. Of course, difficult for Nasdaq to enjoy the same sort of clearing boost as it doesn't have anywhere near the same depth of clearing interests or settlement interests as the likes of Deutsche Börse and Euroclear. Deal news this week. It was a pretty busy week for deals in the parish as well. And of course, all of those were in Exchange Invest Daily. ExchangeInvest.com is the way to sign up there. Most important deal of the week. Ice sells Optimal Blue. That's part of the Black Knight portfolio. 
If the FTC relents, then Optimal Blue will be a latest divestment in a series of kind of Chinese torture divestments, which heaps ice pressure on Lena Khan's leftist activist FTC. And certainly the pressure seemed to be working as instantaneously almost the FTC reconsidered their opposition to the Black Knight deal, removing some of their statutory limitations immediately and court cases where they were trying to stop the deal in its tracks. The FTC appears to be thawing, ladies and gentlemen, just as we were talking about in Exchange Invest well over a week ago. Meanwhile, if you're trying to understand the world of mergers and acquisitions in financial market infrastructure, or indeed how cryptocurrency, digital assets, and much more in the realm of technology is going to affect the future of markets, you ought to be picking up a copy of my most recent book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency, and the Fintech World. If you're looking for that sort of a read in order to enhance your career or simply understand What's going on in the future of financial market technology? Victory or Death is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Don't forget, while you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream Tuesday 6pm London time, 1 o'clock New York time. It's the IPO video live show. Catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid. This week we had a magnificent show with our special guest, financial astrologer Susan Abbott-Giddle, discussing astrology, the markets and you. Don't forget to go and catch up all of the back issues of the show, 115 in total now. And you can find those on Facebook, YouTube and LinkedIn by looking for IPO-vid. IPO-vid itself is on holiday during the course of the month of August, but we're going to be back with our return by our fabulous guest Reiner Zittelman just after the Labour Day weekend. Meanwhile, in our Finance Book of the Week, this week's book was written by our IPO vid guest number 84, Alessandro Hatami, and co-author Helen Panzarino, who we're looking forward to welcoming on IPOVid in the near future. Reinventing Banking and Finance, Frameworks to Navigate Global Fintech Innovation provides a thorough overview of the global fintech ecosystem and the drivers behind innovation in technologies, business models and distribution channels. Examples of key institutions and interviews with innovators and experts shine a light on key financial innovation hubs across the world, covering genuine innovations in AI, machine learning, blockchain and digital identity. Product news this week, well there was a bit of a whoops nasty despite the fact that MSCI had some very encouraging financial results this week which were covered in Exchange Invest daily. MSCI had a bit of a problem. Bad data was entered causing a 9% slump in their India index due to purely incorrect securities price data. That was ultimately collected and controlled and reorganized, but it was, of course, somewhat embarrassing. In regulation this week, news reached us on the Digital Bush Telegraph that ESMA had followed up upon the UAE being placed on the EC's high-risk third countries list. That therefore meant that their third country strategic clearing arrangements are no longer recognised due to the fact that the European Commission has concerns about the UAE's national anti-money laundering and counter-financing of terrorism regime issues. That was, of course, on 16th of March 2023. Took until just last week for three UAE CCPs to lose their ESMA recognition as a result. That applies to the Dubai Commodities Clearing Corporation, Dubai Clear LLC and Nasdaq Dubai Limited. 
limited. A three-month transition period applies for counterparties to get their money out of the UAE and comply with the ESMA ruling. But nonetheless, it's somewhat depressing as ESMA loses another series of clearing houses, which they had previously recognised. Who knows, one of these days they might even manage to recognise the United Kingdom once again. In Career Paths, news at the LME. The LME's clearing house has named a former senior manager at security settlement house Euroclear, one Michael Carty, as the chief executive of LME Clear from October the 2nd. I must say, I find this rather perplexing. After the replacement of retiring domain expert chairman Marcus Strimmer with the less expert David Warren at the helm of LME Clear, the addition of a CEO to a 3D CCP who comes from the firmly 2D and frankly not widely renowned for its efficiency even in that domain, Euroclear is quite remarkable. That's particularly so given the aftermath of the nickel nightmare storm is still ongoing with LME and acutely LME Clear. Elsewhere, LME have appointed Nigel Dentum, a practitioner, as a non-executive director of the LME board. And that leaves us, ladies and gentlemen, with the opportunity to return to Barbie mania. This week in Big World, we were reporting upon, well, my favourite Barbie joke. A man goes into a shop and spends quite some time looking at the vast array of Barbie toys. An assistant notices his intense study of the shelves and asks if she can help. Oh, I'd like to buy my daughter a Barbie doll for her birthday, says the man. What a wonderful idea, replies the shop assistant and proceeds to recite a hugely lengthy list of possibilities. We'll curtail them for the sake of the amount of time you want to listen to this podcast and get on with life. Two. Barbie astronaut, $49.99. Barbie lawyer, $49.99. Barbie stockbroker, $49.99. Barbie photographer, $49.99. Barbie catwalk model, $49.99. Barbie senator, $49.99. And Barbie divorcee, $999.99. Okay, says the man a little puzzled. So how come the prices are... At this point in time, you can recite the list again if you have sufficient time and or love drawing jokes out to your heart's content. We'll abbreviate that to Barbie Architect, $49.99. Barbie Debutante, $49.99. Barbie Engineer, $49.99. Barbie Marmed, $49.99. Barbie Policewoman, $49.99. Barbie Soldier, $49.99. Barbie Naval Officer, $49.99. President Barbie, $49.99. CEO Barbie, $49.99. Barbie Surgeon, $49.99. And yet, Barbie Divorcee is $999.99. Oh, that's simple, responds the shop assistant in a flash. Barbie Divorcee comes with Ken's boat, Ken's car, Ken's house, Ken's helicopter, Ken's beach hut, Ken's ski chalet. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, creator of Markets the World Over, founder of Exchange Invest, the exchange of information, the daily bulletin of the world of exchanges. I wish you a great week in life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations.
Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.